Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Thank you, Jackson and Rachel, for being here. We're so excited for what God is doing in your family and for what God is planning to do in Central Asia, what he's already doing there. Um, I just want to say good morning. Um, I'm so glad that you're here. And I don't know if you've heard me preach before, but you maybe you've seen me on the announcements. Like today, I changed my clothes really quick. Just kidding. <laughs> Did that before, obviously, but um, I just really like to start with, you know, a joke because I think that that's fun. And so I have a Christmas joke for you. Okay, so when a father asked his little boy what he wanted for Christmas, the boy replied, "A baby sister." Well, as it turned out, the mom was pregnant, and she delivered a baby girl. So on Christmas Day, she brought home the brand new sister to their son, and so he was very excited. And the next year, um, when the father asked his little boy what he wanted for Christmas, the boy said. If it wouldn't make mommy too uncomfortable, I'd like a pony. <laughs> Whew, yeah, I like that one. Okay, one, one more. Um, one more, just to get us going. Okay, um, this, this joke was sent to me by Chris. What happened to the man who stole an advent calendar? He got 25 days. There you go. All right, I just wanted to give... I wanted to give a shout out to um, a couple of people that worked really hard yesterday to bring together a men's breakfast and a women's Christmas brunch. Um, Jeremy and John McKelvey had all the guys out there. They had a really good turnout. So thankful for you guys for doing that. And then Marie and Melanie and Dana and everyone just jumped in. It was so awesome. We had a great Christmas brunch yesterday. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who helped. And I'm glad for all the people that could come. It was really fun. Um, So today is actually the first day of Advent on the Christian calendar, and Advent is a time that is set aside to prepare our hearts in anticipation of the arrival or coming, that's what Advent means, of the birth of Jesus at Christmas, and it's also a time to look forward to the second coming of Jesus, and it's a tradition that's nearly as old as the church itself, with first mentions as far back as 380 AD, um, and it's celebrated starting on the fourth Sunday before Christmas, which is today. And so each week of Advent has a theme, and the themes are hope, peace, joy, and love. So um, I have some suggestions for you, if you were looking for suggestions, um, to celebrate Advent. You can get an Advent calendar. You may have seen those before. A lot of them have, like, pieces of chocolate in them, although Advent calendars are getting crazy. Have you guys been in a store? There are, like, Lego Advent calendars, and I've seen, like, candle Advent calendars, and, like, I've seen wine Advent calendars. Like, there's lots of things. Um, The chocolate ones are the most prevalent, and I was thinking, okay, you could get an Advent calendar, and you could just, like, eat a piece of chocolate each day, and you could pray, and you could start your prayer with, thank you, Jesus, for chocolate. (laughs) Okay, so besides Advent calendars, there's a couple of other things that you could do. If you're interested, you know, in celebrating Advent, a couple things that I like to do is I like to read an Advent book. So I have a couple that I can recommend to you. Um, The first one is called The Greatest Gift by Ann Voskamp, and she goes through the lineage of Jesus and all the people that led up to 
Jesus being born and really what that means to us, which is really beautiful. And then the, the next one is um, Emmanuel by Ruth Cho Simons. And this one is great because it's just so beautiful. Like it has like lovely illustrations. And this is really about preparing our hearts for Jesus. So that's a good one. Um, other things you can do on the Bible app, there are hundreds of Advent devotionals. There are Advent playlists on Spotify. There are lots of things that you can do to celebrate. But the point is, the point is to set your heart on Jesus, to prepare room in your heart for Jesus and to anticipate his arrival. And so the title for today's message was actually inspired by a line in one of my favorite Christmas carols that we actually sang today. It was so funny. I was going to ask Matt last week, like, Matt, will you sing Joy to the World? And then I thought, no, that's so extra. Like, I can't be like, please sing the song just for me because it goes with my message. But then when I found out that he was going to be singing, and I was so excited. And I just love this line. It says, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. And so my message today is titled, prepare him room. And we're going to talk about how we can prepare room for God in our hearts at Christmas time, but also always. And so if Jesus, I was thinking about this, if Jesus called you up, like on the phone, you know, on your iPhone, and he said, hey, I'm coming to your house, and I need you to prepare a room for me. I'm going to stay at your house. You would want to do some things. Like, if it was me, it would be depending on how much time. Like, do we have a lot of time? Can I replace the carpet? Like, <laughs> like the carpet is really old in my house. Like, what can I do? Like, we need a new bed. We need a new comforter. We need to get all of the junk out of the room. We need to, like, paint. We need to wash the wall. Whatever we need to do. We need to get it ready. And you would, you would work. You would get it ready. But here's the thing. Jesus is not physically coming to your house today but he is knocking on the door of your heart. He wants to come in to your life. And in Revelations 3, verse 20, Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. So Jesus is standing at the door of your heart. He's knocking. But the first thing that you have to do is you have to be able to hear that he's knocking. Sometimes we get so distracted, we don't, we're not even paying attention to the fact that Jesus is wanting to come in. We don't even hear him because we're listening to so many other things. There's so much noise all the time. There's no quiet. We can't hear that he's calling. But if we hear him knocking, we have a choice. We don't have to let him in. We can say, no. No, Jesus, I, I'm too busy. I don't, I don't want you to come in. But if we do hear him and we can choose for him to come in, we can open the door and we can spend time in his presence. Jesus wants to be with you. So how do we make room in our hearts for more of Jesus? So we're going to look at two key people in the Christmas story, um, Mary and Joseph, and we're going to see how they made room in their hearts to receive Jesus. I saw I saw the cutest video the other day. Uh, it was on um, social media, and it was this little boy, and he was British. And did you see it? Yeah. Okay. It was so cute. So he's in the car, and he says, Mom, in his cute little British accent, which I cannot do, he said, Mom, I got a classic role in the nativity play. 
And the mom says, oh, what is it? Like, are you Joseph? And he's like, no. Are you like a shepherd? No. Are you a wise man? No. Okay, what are you? I am door holder number three. It's a classic. I'm so excited. I think I have to wear brown. I was like, that kid has the best attitude. Classic role in the Christmas story. But we are going to actually talk about, you know, like the main, the main people. Okay, so we're going to start with Mary. And we're going to read Luke 1, verse 26 through 34. So in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Okay, so let's talk about what is happening in the scripture. So the angel Gabriel uh, came to Mary, and I don't know why. I always picture her sweeping. Like, do you imagine this moment? I always think she's just like sweeping the house. And then like the, the angel comes. I don't know what she was doing, but that, that's kind of how I picture it. And, um, and he says, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And she was, understandably, greatly troubled and worried about what was happening. She wondered what kind of greeting it was. She did not know what was going on. Maybe she had just been sweeping. We don't actually know. Um, but he, we know she was scared. Because he said, don't be afraid. It's so funny. There's so many angelic encounters in the Bible. And almost always the first thing that the angel has to say is, don't be afraid. Like, it must be really crazy to encounter an angel. He said, you have found favor with God. He told her she was going to get pregnant and have a baby boy and call him Jesus. He's going to be the son of the most high and reign on the throne of David forever. So her question seems really reasonable to me. How is this going to happen? I am a virgin. Okay, so she's troubled. She's wondering. She's afraid. She doesn't understand how God's going to do it. And I think it's okay to have an honest conversation with God. I think it's okay, or in this case, an angel. Um, she didn't say, that's impossible. That could never happen. She said, how will it happen? And we can have the same conversation with God. Um, if God has spoken something to you and you don't see how it's going to happen, you can say, God, how is that going to happen? How are you going to do it? How are you going to fulfill what you have said to me? Because here's the thing. God is the God of the unexpected. We can't always see how he's going to fulfill his promise to us. But he can open up a, um, a pathway in the middle of the sea. He can bring... Um, food out of thin air in the desert. He can raise a dead man back to life. He can cause a virgin to have a baby. What do you need God to do in your life? It may seem impossible. With God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is too difficult for him. And if he can cause a virgin to give birth, God can help you with your problem. Nothing is too difficult for God. 
a problem that you can't solve is just the right thing to give to God. That's a, that's a God problem. So Mary asked, how will this be? And let's read Gabriel's response in Luke 1, verses 35 to 38. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. So I think at this point I would have had a lot more questions. I would have been like, what does this mean? What is going to happen specifically on what day at what time? Please explain everything to me. That's what I think I would have done. But I love Mary's response here. She said, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to be to me be fulfilled. Her response was a response of submission. She obviously could not have understood everything that was about to happen to her, but she just relied on God. She said, okay, God, I serve you. May your word to me be fulfilled. She's responding with submission to the news that she's going to conceive and have a baby without ever having been with a man. And what is that going to mean for her in that day and time? And she's saying, may your word to me be fulfilled. This is huge. She's submitting to what God is saying. May your word to me be fulfilled. And what has God spoken to you? Follow Mary's example and make room for God in your life by believing God even when you don't understand and submitting to his plan for your, for your life. So after the angelic visitation, Mary goes to visit her relative Elizabeth because Gabriel's like, even your really old relative Elizabeth is about to have a baby. And so she goes to visit her. And it's interesting because Gabriel had been busy. He had also visited Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, and told him that they were going to have a baby, which Zechariah was like, yeah, that's, that's impossible. It's not going to happen. But it was possible. God made it happen. And so Elizabeth goes to visit, um, sorry, Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, which I have to tell you, having like a name, like I was named after the Elizabeth in the Bible, and I just loved it when I was a kid. I was like, let me just read the whole story about Elizabeth and how she had the baby, and I just loved it. Um, so if you have a Bible name, hopefully it's not like a bad Bible name, right? Like Jezebel or something. Okay, that would, that would not be good. That would not be good. Okay, so... <laughs> So please don't name your baby Jezebel. If you did, maybe we could have a conversation about that. Um, so Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, who um, was about to have a baby. That baby was going to grow up to be John the Baptist, who would prepare the way for the Messiah, Jesus. Okay, so when Mary got to Elizabeth's house, she greeted Elizabeth. Maybe she was like, what's up, cuz? Maybe not. Um, but we'll read what happened in Luke 1, 41 possibly through something else, but I didn't write that in my notes. Okay, we're going to start in verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, 
Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. I love this encounter because as soon as Elizabeth hears Mary's voice, she's filled with the Holy Spirit, and suddenly she knows that Mary is going to have a baby that is going to be the Messiah, the Lord. And she says that Mary is blessed because she has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. She believed it before it happened. She believed God when she hadn't seen the miracle yet. Nothing had happened physically, but she believed that God would fulfill his promises. And so we need to start believing before we get the miracle. Now, faith in Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So Mary didn't see the promise fulfilled before she believed. She had faith. She was confident about what she did not see. Faith is believing when you haven't seen the promise fulfilled yet. And I love that song. Even when I don't see it, you're working. I love it when Brenda sings that one. Is there a miracle that you need, but you haven't seen it? Make room for God by believing before you see it. Okay, so fast forward through the Christmas story. God did fulfill his promise. To Mary, she conceived and gave birth as a virgin to the Messiah, Jesus. He grew up, performed many miracles, and then willingly went to the cross and rose again. After the resurrection, he appeared to his disciples, but Thomas was not there when he first appeared to the disciples. And so then Thomas goes to see the disciples, and they say, we have seen Jesus. He rose from the dead. He is alive. And Thomas said, ah, I don't, I don't think so. Like, I am not going to believe it unless I see it. And so he has this encounter when he sees Jesus, and Jesus is like, okay, Thomas, here you go. You can see my hands. You can see my feet. And Thomas believed. And this is what Jesus said to him in Luke 20, verse 29. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And yet. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Mary didn't have a baby in her arms yet, and yet she believed. We haven't seen Jesus face to face, and yet we believe in him. We haven't seen every promise fulfilled, and yet we believe like Mary that God will fulfill his promises. All right, so let's look at Joseph's part in all this. It's interesting because Mary's um, story is found mostly in Luke. And then Joseph's story is found mostly in the book of Matthew. So how did Joseph make room for Jesus in his heart? We read about his story in Matthew chapter 1. This is a long one. Are you guys ready? Okay. Matthew 1, verses 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took 
place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. And so Mary is over on this side. She's having an encounter with the angel Gabriel. And then I'm sure that she told Joseph, okay, so uh, I was sweeping, possibly, and the angel came and he told me that I was going to get pregnant, even though I'm a virgin, and it's going to be the son of God. And I'm sure Joseph was like, sure. Yeah, because that makes sense at all. And so then she ends up pregnant, and I'm sure she's like, but remember, I haven't been with a man. It's the, it's from the Holy Spirit. And I'm sure Joseph was like, yeah, no. Like, I love you, and I care about you, but I'm just going to divorce you real quiet-like so you don't face public shame, but I just can't obviously marry you, right? So then he has this dream, and in the dream... Um, the angel says that, hey, so the baby's from the Holy Spirit, and you should marry her. And so when he wakes up, he did it. Like, it's interesting to me that that was enough for him. It wasn't even a, like an angelic visitation. It was in a dream. In a dream, the angel spoke to him, but it must have been so profound that he chose to believe. And so when he woke up, he obeyed. He did exactly what he said. He brought her home. As his wife, he believed that he and Mary would be part of the plan to bring the Messiah. So how do we make room in our hearts for God? We can be like Joseph, and we can believe what God has spoken to us. We can obey what he tells us to do. So what are you believing God for today? Is it uh, healing in your body? Is it freedom from anxiety? Is it provision? Is it restoration of a broken relationship? Is it freedom from addiction? Do you have a loved one who does not know Jesus? What are you believing God for today? Believe him and trust him. Rely on him. He is going to come through for you. Okay, so we've got Mary, we've got Joseph. They get married, but they don't, you know, do anything until later. Um, But it comes really close to time for Mary to have the baby, but the government... Yeah, it's a problem. So they have this census. They have to travel a long way. They have to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And it probably took them a long time to get there. It might have been as short as like four days, but maybe more like a week or ten days. And all you moms in the room, I think you understand. Um, Ten days traveling on a donkey when you're like real, real pregnant, that has got to have been real special for them there. Um, So, but at least, you know, when they get to Bethlehem, it's going to be great. There's going to be a space for them. No. Okay. So Luke 2, verses 6 and 7, it says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So they They get to Bethlehem after their long, arduous journey, and they're too late. All the guest rooms are full. 
There were rooms, but they were all occupied. There was room, but they were filled with other people. There was no room for Mary and Joseph to come and have Jesus. And sometimes our lives are so filled with other things that we don't leave room for Jesus. We want him to come in, but we're distracted and full of other things. We aren't hungry for him because we're filled up on things of the world. Um, And when I was preparing this message, I thought about this time in my life um, when I was in college, and I had started dating this guy when I was in high school and then also in college. I went to Virginia Tech, go Hokies. And um, the, the sad thing then, but the happy thing now, was that he broke up with me. Very thankful now, because I really love Mike very much, obviously. Okay, <laughs> almost 27 years. But at the time, you know, I was heartbroken. And so I realized, after he had broken up with me, I realized that my focus had been so on him and this relationship that I had really neglected my relationship with God. And I have to tell you, I was still going to church. I was still in large group. I was still in Bible study. I was still doing the things I still loved God, but I was so distracted that my focus had totally shifted and it was really on this relationship. And when this relationship was taken from me, I realized, oh, I've got to fix my focus back on Jesus. I need to make room for him in my life. And so it wasn't even as much what I did. It really was where my heart was focused. Instead of just being so distracted by this relationship and spending time, whatever, all these things, it was like, okay, Jesus, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry I've neglected you. And did he say, I am so mad at you. No, he said, come. I've been knocking on the door of your heart and you were too distracted to listen. And when I was able to hear him, I just said, Jesus, come in. I want to be with you. And I shifted my focus. I made room for Jesus in my life. And it made all the difference in the world. So I recently read a book by the pastor and worship leader, William McDowell. And the book is called It's Happening. And it's book that's really about the revival that's happening in his church there in Orlando, but it's also about how we can have the right attitude toward God in our heart and expect him to move. And I love what he says in the book, if it's happening anywhere, it can happen everywhere. And so I'm preparing this message about a month or so ago, and I heard this line because I was listening to the audiobook, and it seemed to fit perfectly with the idea of making room for God. So this is a quote from the book from William McDowell. How many times have we come before God saying that we want to be used by him, but we're full of the cares of life, full of worries, pride, greed, envy, jealousy, and all the works of the flesh? God wants to give us more of himself. His anointing, power, miracles, provision, healing, blessing, but sometimes we are already filled to the top with so many other things. Like we want more of God but we're already filled up with other things. And then he said this. He said, you can't be filled with the oil of God while still being full of yourself. And I was like, whew, I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to rewind and say that again. You can't be filled with the oil of God while still being full of yourself. You can't be filled with him if you're full of yourself. Are you full of yourself? Sometimes I'm full of myself. Are you full of cares, worries, your own selfish desires? What are you filling yourself up with? 
When you're feeling low, what do you turn to? Do you try to fill yourself up with things other than God? I read a quote um, recently that talked about addiction, and it said that people don't just get addicted to social media, video games, shopping, drinking, drugs. They also get addicted to escaping their reality. We need to make room for God by turning to him in those moments when we feel empty, when we feel low, when we just want to distract ourselves. And I get it. When we're stressed, tired, frustrated, we just want to turn to something that will satisfy and distract us from the discomfort. But whatever we turn to in that moment, God wants that place. God wants us to turn to him. Make room for God by running to him when you need comfort. Matthew 5, verse 6 said, says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Make room for God and let him fill you. When you, uh, you will be filled when you hunger and thirst after God. He's not going to leave you hungry. But the things of this world will never truly satisfy. It doesn't last. It, it, it leaves you feeling empty, and it leaves you feeling unfulfilled. But when you turn to Jesus and make room for him by letting him fill you when you feel empty, he's going to fill you up. It's going to be the kind of feeling that lasts, not an empty dissatisfaction. He's going to satisfy that hunger and thirst when you hunger and thirst after him. Matt, would you come up? So Paul in the book of Philippians talks about how Jesus humbled himself to come to earth. And I just love this passage because actually it's interesting because Paul is saying that we should have the same mindset as Jesus, which is hard. It's hard to do, but this, this is what Paul says in Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Jesus chose to set aside his God powers. He chose to humble himself, to be made into a human and not just coming to earth as a fully formed man. That's probably what I would have picked. But he chose to be placed in the womb of a poor unmarried woman. He chose to be born as a helpless baby. He chose to be held by hands that he made. He chose that so that he could also choose to die for us. God's plan from the beginning was to send his son as a perfect sacrifice. And as we anticipate and celebrate the birth of Jesus, we should also acknowledge it, his sacrifice for us. So this verse tells us that Jesus humbled himself, therefore God has exalted him and given him the name that is above every name. Jesus' name is above every name. 
So Advent is a time of celebrating Jesus' first coming as a baby, Christmas time. But also it's a time to anticipate his second coming. Jesus is coming back for us. And those who have chosen to believe in Jesus will be with him in eternity. The verse says that every knee will bow and every mouth will declare that Jesus is Lord. We have an opportunity today to acknowledge everything that God has done for us. He came to earth as a baby. He willingly died on the cross. He resurrected, defeating death. He is worthy of our worship. We can choose to bow our knee today. We can choose today to declare that Jesus is Lord, not only of the world, but of my life. Jesus, be the Lord of my life, now and in eternity. When Jesus comes back, it says every knee will bow. But only those who have chosen to put their faith in Jesus before that time will be with him in eternity. Don't wait. Put your faith in Jesus today. Ask him to be the Lord of your life. Choose to make room for him in your heart and life. And if you're making a decision to follow Jesus today, or if you are declaring again your decision to follow him, we would love to celebrate with you. The Bible tells us that the angels rejoice over one sinner who repents. And so we don't want to miss out on that celebration. So if you're here in this in the service, we would love to pray with you. And if you're watching or listening online, you can go to our website, which is victorychristian.church, and click on Next Steps, and we would love to reach out to you. Every single one of us has the opportunity to make more room in our hearts for Jesus. Whether you're choosing God for the first time or if you've known Jesus for a long time, choose to make more room for Jesus. Maybe you need to let some things go. Maybe you need to give some things up that are distracting you from Jesus. Maybe you need to add more time to focus on Jesus, a greater commitment to focus on him and serve him. I would encourage you to pray and ask God, how can you make, how can I make more room for you in my life? Um, when you make room for God in your life, it's not like adding him to the list of things that you're already doing. It's like imagine that your life is like a wagon wheel, you know, because we see wagon wheels all the time, but you can picture it. So there's a wagon wheel and it's got a hub and it's got the spokes. God is supposed to be the center. Everything in your life revolves around him. Jesus is the center. He's the center of your family. He's the center of your work. Everything that you do comes out of your relationship with him. And I really believe that if you pray and you say, God, how can I make room for you in my life? And then if you listen, I think he's going to speak to you. And then your choice is to obey what he shows you to do. Um, there's a song called Make Room. <laughs> it's a great song. It's kind of funny. I did not actually base this message off of that song, but it's really good. And it has a, a line in it that says, I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. Invite God to do whatever he wants to do in your life. Make that song your prayer. Make room for God. Believe him and trust him. Can you stand with me? We're going to pray. Lord Jesus, we just come to you. God, we thank you that you chose to come to earth even as a helpless baby at Christmas time. 
God, we thank you that you came so that you could give up your life for us. God, I thank you that we can choose to believe in you. And God, I pray that you would help each person in this room and each person that is listening to make more room for you. God, I just believe that you're going to speak to us and show us how we can make more room for you in our life. Because I know you want to come in. God, I know you have such good things for us. We just need to let you in. We just need to trust you. And God, I do pray for the, the people that are listening and people that are here that are believing you for impossible things. God, you are the God of the impossible. God, we're going to believe you before we see it happen. God, we're going to trust you even when it doesn't make sense. God, we love you so much. Thank you for everything that you have done for us. We're going to make room for you, Jesus. I pray in your name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.